to episode 140 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. This week we're feeling a little spooky, so stay tuned for five scary support stories. I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Todd Curtis. Todd, it's lovely to have you join me on this chilly autumn evening around this glorious campfire as we gather together to tell some scary support stories. But first, since it is your first time on the podcast, would you like to introduce yourself? I'd be happy to. Thanks, Charlotte. Um, And it is a cold, rainy day, so I'm happy for the campfire. Um, My name is Todd Curtis. I'm the Chief Product Officer at You Need a Budget. Uh, or if you're busy and short on time, you can just say YNAB. Um, and I used to be, um, I used to run support for YNAB as well. Um, and so my scary story that I think we're going to talk about um, comes from from five or so years ago at that time. Yeah, but I'm still, I would say that uh, support is really still uh, near and dear to my heart. And I think of it as a part of our product. So... It, uh, it often is with subscription models, isn't Absolutely. it? And uh, yeah, I saw you tell this story a couple of years ago in Boston. And I was sat in the audience that day and I have never seen so many support people <laughs> raise a collective gasp of, of uh, terror. <laughs> <laughs> as you unfurled this story so oh, uh, i uh, i'm i was keen to have you back to tell it again because i hey i mean what 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 is this week for if it's not for for terror and chilling tales um, yeah so <laughs> are you reliving it as we speak Tom? a little bit a little, little bit a yeah. little bit would you like to kick off and tell us where it all begins sure um where it begins is that YNAB, guess by the name, you need a budget, makes personal finance software. We teach people how to make a budget and take control of their money. And we've been around for a um, decade and a half or so. And up through uh, 2015, we had downloadable one-time purchase software. And throughout 2014 and 15, we were working in the background on transitioning uh, to web-based software and transitioning to um, a SaaS subscription business model. Mm. Um, so that's sort of the, the deep background for that story. As we did that in support, um, support was always very important to us because um, not just technical support, but... Um, working with finances is really anxiety-provoking uh, for a lot of people. There's a good Halloween theme, um, and they need some hand-holding a lot. So our support was always a place where people could ask a non-technical support question about mm. how to build a budget or the best way to go about managing their money. Um, and so it was really, really important to us. Part of our support also at the time has always been um, teaching online workshops for example. Um, anyway, we did that with a team of, um, gosh, when I first became responsible for support, I think there were two of us in wow. 2014, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And by the time we got towards the end of 2015, we were probably in the middle of hiring our sixth and seventh support specialist. Um, and we probably at that time were used to getting maybe 200 conversations a day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the deep background on where YNAB was before, YNAB support was before this story started. Mm-hmm. Our biggest issue um, was how to handle, we had a, a, a sync algorithm between our our desktop software and our mobile clients that went through Dropbox and it was really tricky. Um, and that was our biggest headache was how do we help people mm-hmm. resync through Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, syncing to Dropbox, always a headache. 200 tickets, full-time job for six-ish support folk, right? Um, and then you you decided, well, YNAB decided to move to a subscription model. That's what I recall of the story. Mm-hmm. Big changes. Big changes and changes that we largely thought would reduce our support load um, because we were going to remove this Dropbox sync issue by becoming web-based. Mm-hmm. And our long-running issue we had was that um, there was people would talk about a, a steep learning curve for using YNAB, and we really felt like you know the new version wasn't just taking the desktop version and putting it on web. We mm-hmm. really felt like we had resolved a lot of the user experience issues that had made YNAB difficult to get started with. So we were pretty sure that our support load was going to go way down with this launch. Were you reassuringly optimistic at this point? Is that I'm that quite thing? optimistic. I do remember we had a retreat probably in October before the launch, and uh, one of our support specialists, Jen, had said, what if it doesn't go down? What are we going to do? <laughs> um, and I remember saying something to the effect of, we'll get by like we all. I, I have uh, I have visions of you on this retreat in October in another long distant since gone October. I imagine it was much like this: these comforting conversations around a campfire, campfire, yeah, marsh- marshmallows, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, nothing to worry. About. Nothing to see here. It'll be yeah. totally fine. Excellent. It's all good. What all happened good. next? Yeah, what happened next? So. Um, we were in the home stretches. We went. We we did a kind of a soft launch, paid beta, went pretty well. Um, we had some things that weren't quite done in the in the change to a new version, but it was also very important that we launch by New Year's because New Year's resolutions. Speaking of Halloween, I guess um, New Year's resolutions are a real thing, like mm-hmm. ghosts. And um, people make them about their money. So January is very important to us Mm. um, and very important to a lot of people out there as far as taking control of their money. So we really had to launch before the new year. So we set December 30th, 2015 as our date. And I remember in the couple of days leading up to that, making a really concerted effort to put the polish on all our snippets and make sure the queue was sitting at zero so that when we kind of pulled that lever on noon on the 30th, we'd be starting from the slate. And we did, we were, we were ready to go. Wow, 
Wow. I I sense that this story is about to take a turn. <laughs> it did. It did take a turn. So our cue, as I said, but I'm going to say it again, on noon, December 30th, 2015, was zero. And we were used to getting about 200 conversations a day. Every support team's dream. Every yeah. support team's Just dream. Just waiting for someone to write in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 24 hours later, our queue was 5,500. And there were still just six of us. Wow. So <laughs> a little bit beyond capacity then. <laughs> uh, a bit. A bit. Uh, yeah, we, we, I don't, I don't know how many, I mean, we must have gotten about 5,500 because I don't know how many we could answer. The right. In that first one. So that's probably about how many we got. Wow. First 24 hours. Wow. So you're sat at desks, presumably, looking at this queue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what's going through your mind? I know what's going through my mind I, and, and what went through my mind back in 2018 when I heard this story. Yeah. <laughs> Which was sheer terror. Yeah. Um, definitely some of that. Um, disbelief, really. I mean, re like... When I look back in retrospect, I'm almost surprised that I wasn't more, I don't know, panicked or that I wasn't like beating my head against the wall. Um, and I think maybe some of that was disbelief. Like, okay, maybe I see that number right there over on the side of Help Scout, but maybe, I don't know. Tomorrow it'll be better. Almost, I think like was an part out of body experience yeah, of some it, sort. Yeah. It's so unreal; it can't possibly continue. Almost right, like, like yeah. an apparition. <laughs> um, I, I I really think that that was that was part of my feeling at I think probably three thirty in the morning. Wow. It became the thirty first, not the the uh, not the thirty. So yeah, that was my initial reaction. So deep breath. <laughs> I I can't even begin to imagine how you deal with that volume with six people at at that percentage yeah. over capacity. Um, yeah. What What do you do? And it it um my my hopeful dream did not turn out to be true. It continued. Um, oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what our peak, I don't know what our peak was, but I think it was probably higher. What do you do? Um, I think for the first few hours, we just scrambled, you know, almost thinking like it'll slow down. Um, you work fast enough, you'll get on top of it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. No matter how few of you there are, that, that yeah. your first instinct, I think. Um, it became clear both quantitatively and qualitatively that that wasn't going to work because what we uncovered as we started that process of just trying to power through was that there were all sorts of questions that we had never answered before. We didn't have answers to these questions because it wasn't just a spike in the queue. It was a brand new product with yeah. brand new features and one where we had, um, not rushed, but where we had had to meet that deadline. So maybe so, hadn't been able to prepare as much as we 
would have or could have for some of those questions. So we were discovering brand new types of questions mm. in that it wasn't just the volume. So you're not, you're not, re- you, you don't have a stronger backbone of knowledge or macros or I think snippets you said. Yeah. In health- so none, none of that stuff that when you're dealing at peak, you often rely on when customers have the same question over and over again, that helps you get through a normal day, doesn't it? Right. A peak normal day. Yeah. And I can think of an example where, we still had this classic version. Um, And so we also then had two apps companion in the app store. And um, we found that people were writing in basically with an issue of no longer being able to sync mobile. They were on the new web version and they couldn't sync their mobile app. And it turned out that they had the wrong mobile app but we couldn't figure out we had a we had a screen on there that was supposed to take and we and so we're live you know looking at this screen what's wrong with this and we you know figuring out that oh this button that we actually meant to de-emphasize doesn't even look like a button anymore it looks like a, <laughs> a an artistic reflection that we that we use so like you know there we all are on just one continuous Google Hangout, trying to figure this out live. Mm. Meanwhile, you figured it out and, and you know, 400 more people have written in with this problem. Mm. Did um, you dream of the days of 400? Oh, that was, I was, I, Charlotte, I remember distinctly thinking like, ooh, if tomorrow only a couple thousand people write in, <laughs> that'll be better mm. um, when we were used to a couple of hundred. So yeah, I was I was dreaming of fifteen hundred, let alone two hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not getting on top of this pile then, and uh, it's uh, shifting sands, I guess, in every yeah. respect. You're just constantly climbing and and not getting to the top. What do you do? We made a couple of hard choices. Um, we very much prided and. Um, continue today to pride ourselves on very personalized support. Um, and we have snippets, but we really, we use a snippet as a core of an answer. If mm-hmm. we want, if there's a five-step process for someone to do something, we don't need to type those five steps over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and better not anyway, because we don't want to risk typing it wrong and sending the person. So anyway, yeah. so we do use automation a little bit in that way, but only in the, in the context of a personalized response. But um, obviously, um, that many new conversations personally. So we did a couple of things. One, we, we didn't even like to have an auto reply at the time because we were mm. going to reply fast enough that you didn't need one. Mm. We set up an auto reply. It gradually got a longer and longer time inserted. Into it. You'll hear back from us in 24 hours. Oh, no. You'll hear back from us in 48 hours. You'll hear back from us in three days. And we kept extending that time. Each time uh, was a gut punch. Mm. Um, but it was direct, honest, so it had to be done. Um, we um, collected what we thought of was a list of maybe the five most common issues we were experiencing. And we made what was essentially a five-question FAQ around, hey, I'm having trouble with this launch. Is it one? And we ended up putting that in the auto reply to say, right. we're underwater. Your issue is probably one of these. 
please check this page. If it's not, write back. Mm -hmm. You know, reply to this same message so that we will know that mm -hmm. you didn't get your question. Um, that they were common issues, so that took care of a fair number. Um, then we did some things. This I will almost always like not regret because it we needed to do it, but I feel like it was maybe my my lowest support where I made. Um, so there's those, there were those five issues and then maybe there were the next five mm -hmm. that needed something a little bit more dialed in of a response, something more specific. And I made snippets for those five things. Um, but then this is the dark moment. I went through the queue, 50 conversations at a time, and I would send what I thought was the right plot reply based only on reading the subject line that the user had something. Wow. So I would look at those 50, I would read the subject lines and I would check off on that page of 50. These nine seem like response number one. I literally had like a sticky on my desk that said workflow number one. Mm -hmm. you know? And so I would check off those nine or 11 and I would run a workflow that would send that reply, never having read a conversation. Wow. Brutal, horrible, horrible. The exact opposite of what I think of as good support. Feeling all the terror again, Tom. Yeah, that's right. No, I'm glad I can bring it back for you. It's it's evoking such awful dreams of just hearing the story the first time, let alone yeah. experiencing it. Yeah. Um, so we did that. So th I think those were the those were the things that we did to um, well uh, to try to move through conversations faster. The other dark thing that we did was kind of a, a pew bankruptcy. No, um, yeah, no. These conversations have been hitting, sitting here so long. The person has probably moved on. Oh, so no. we're going to basically just send an email to them to say, we couldn't get to your email. Um, we, you know, hopefully here's, again, here's the FAQ page. We hope you solved it. And we just sent that email, that generic email to them and, those wow so that we could respond better if they wrote back or if someone um, yeah so the, yeah again i don't it, it hurts to say it out loud but i already gave a comment you did yeah the um the other thing we did was we started hiring furiously <laughs> and at this point so just just at this point what's the timeline like when you decided just queue bankrupts, the ones that you could not even send a, a random, like not random, but a, a yeah. best guess response to. I think we're a couple of weeks at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of weeks we of were, hell. Yeah, about yeah. that time where, and it did, you know, it, the, the volume did diminish. It did go down to a thousand a day, but that was still five times what we were used to. And mm. we were still trying to figure out some of the problems we had probably problems with technical problems like with migration from our previous version to the new one that wasn't working. So we still had new, you know, things that we were still trying to figure out the best way to help. And it was probably a couple of weeks in that we decided like we, we need a lot more people because we wanted <laughs> to get back to doing it in a personalized, yeah, yeah. really helpful way that felt true to our core values and true to our product value. 
Yeah. And you're still in January. So there's still a yeah. somewhat of a hope of rescue of this situation yeah. of, of your absolute peak. Right. So so how long how long would it ordinarily take to hire and onboard? <laughs> yeah, just the right question. Because up to this point, we ran if we ran a really quick hiring process, it would be six weeks. It was often more like 10. Mm. Um, we have always been a remote company, not just 2020. Um, so um, we could never do that thing where you just set aside everything for three days and get people in a conference room and have candidates come in and go from group to group. It was always one stage, one week, one stage, the next week mm. sort of thing. Um, and because we were remote, we also ran a very intensive process to make sure that we could really get to know this person remotely well enough to offer them, offer them a job. But that obviously wasn't going to. Mm. Uh, so we set a goal that we would have, I think it was probably a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I remember sitting around talking about this, that we wanted to do job offers the following Friday. So we, said <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have 10 days to do what normally takes us up to 10 weeks. Um, we happily, thankfully, had had an open posting on the web site, on our, on our marketing site. Um, I don't know if it was actually open at that time, but we had just finished hiring two people and we felt like, wait a minute, we have another, you know, X hundred people who had written in about that one. Yeah, you've got a pool that you what can if we start there? go back to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, I think three of us went in and just pulled... Um, people who looked promising based on the letter they had written. And we started them, we sent them a questionnaire, a long form questionnaire, which is usually probably the third or fourth step in our process. We did that first. Um, and then after that questionnaire, we would usually have two or three calls. We had one call after that. Um, and then we asked them if they would like to start um, basically on a trial basis for eight weeks mm. um, and that we could hopefully use that time to um, obviously onboard, but, you know, continue to get to know them. A little mm. bit. And, you know, that would normally, we would still be in our hiring process. So. Yeah. 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 And, um, and yeah, so the, the following Friday, we had six new support questions. Wow. We doubled <laughs> our team. <laughs> that's a huge, that's a huge load for an already stretched, stressed, overburdened yeah. team. I, like onboarding into a team that's six or eight or 10, one person is really felt if you yeah. double the team yeah. at speed, at yeah. stress. Yeah. More nightmares, right? <laughs> did it go well, though? Please tell me it, it went did, well. It did. I, I, I mean, again, one of those, like in retrospect, hmm. I mean, I don't like, I'll come back to the more immediate matter of your question, but th those people who were in that six uh, group, of, I think it four of them occupy very significant positions at YNAB now, inside and outside support. Wow. Um, it was a gold mine. There, mm. I mean, we, we did so well. Um, so, but yeah, more to the, at that moment, onboarding a team to double the team. I think we did a good job being genuine, which is one of our core values, and saying, look, we, you know, we just need you to sink or swim and gosh, hopefully swim. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I suppose in one ironic way, there were enough conversations 
that had enough in common that you could train someone to answer one, literally one type, one question, and they could go in mm. and get a whole lot of work done answering that question. Mm, that makes sense. But yeah. in a more personalized way yeah. than we had been able to do before. Like a more helpful way. Yeah, so we, and then we, then we just did it again. We hired those six people and we immediately did it again. Wow. So triple the team to cope with I don't know if we got six the second time. We, we did it again as a goal, but I think right. maybe we only got four the next. That's still some amazing growth at speed, at stress. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know what the final number was, but I, I feel like we might have, we might have gotten, gone from six to low 20s in wow. six months. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, 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 which is a success, a success story at it the was, end of all yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you live to tell the tale. Yeah, we did, um, just just barely. I'm Carrie, who was our director at the time, and I um, took our first days off in February, uh, in, including Saturdays. My favorite story from the story is when I was talking to my wife, and she said, "You know." you really should take a day off. And I said, I just did yesterday. She said, well, that was a Sunday. <laughs> um, and I think that was Sunday, February 15th or whatever it was. That was, wow. the, that was the first time we kind of put the keyboard down. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's very scary. And it's, it's, uh, it's, fun is the wrong word. It's fun to think about in the sense of like an experience that made you who you are. It. And it definitely made me, it, re, it only reinforced what I believe about good support, mm. um, having had to do some that I thought wasn't. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Live to tell the tale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Live to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was every bit as horrific as I recall it being. And I'm so indeed, glad to hear it. Indeed, perhaps reinforced for the, you know, the dark night, the flickering flames and the personal story. Um, thank you so much, Todd. Uh, should, should we throw another log on the fire? Absolutely. Let's have some marshmallows. Lovely. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 140 for the show notes. And I'll see you next time.